welcome to LEAD, a podcast from the Lakes Education Action Drive, a nonprofit organization dedicated to preserving the natural beauty and quality of lakes in Polk County, Florida. Established in 1985, LEAD has taken an active role in the pursuit to preserve our lakes and environmental resources. In addition, LEAD encourages residents to take advantage of the many excellent opportunities our lakes provide. Before we get started, LEAD would like to thank our sponsor, Florida's Horizon, a company dedicated to building bridges and providing solutions between the regulated and the regulators. LEAD is recorded at the Off Brian Studios in beautiful Central Florida. Now, sit back and enjoy this episode. Okay, 2020 was a year of COVID, resulting in 15 days to flatten the curve. Well, 15 days turned into all year and shutting down businesses, locking loved ones in the home, and counseling so many outdoor activities became the norm. The Lakes Education Action Drive, we weren't immune from this terrible disease either. Our communication strategy had to change dramatically. Our board went to virtual meetings. So many of our activities were canceled, including our favorite, the Lakeland Cardboard Boat Challenge and Lakeshore Festival. But we began 2021 with the hope of a vaccine and getting back to normal. Well, here we are halfway through January and the upheaval in D.C. and the continuation of COVID-19. Once again, we really don't know what is going to be in store for us. Well, in this episode of Leader, Blake's Education Action Drive podcast, I would like to review state and federal policy pertaining to water. You know, even though many of our businesses have shut down and we remain in lockdown in some areas of the country, state legislators and lawmakers in D.C., well, they're going to continue to make policy. And as a county with over 550 lakes, rivers, and streams, it is important for us to keep up to date with water policy development. In a letter from the American Water Works Association, they congratulate Joe Biden on winning the 2020 election. They state, you will take office during a critical moment in U.S. history, and we are confident your commitment to research and science will serve you well. They explain to the president-elect how the infrastructure their members maintain is the foundation on which the country's communities are built. They developed a set of recommendations that will provide investment and attention needed to help address challenges the country faces in drinking water issues. You know, due to COVID-19, the AWWA believes the revenue shortfalls at U.S. drinking water utilities 
may reduce economic activity by as much as $32 billion and cost 75 to 90,000 private sector jobs. Drinking water utilities will see revenues from customer payments drop by nearly $14 billion. This is a result of the elimination of water shutoffs for non-payment, increased late payments due to high unemployment, reductions in non-residential water demands, and the addition of fewer new customers due to economic stagnation. Now that last point doesn't necessarily apply to Florida. We continue to grow. But many utilities, particularly those serving small to medium-sized communities, they're at risk resulting from a diminished operating revenue. Not only do these lost revenues mean local communities are less able to renew, repair, and sustain aging infrastructure and treatment facilities, but some are feeling the effects in their ongoing operating finances, which may result in the loss of operators that are needed to ensure the utility is in regulatory compliance. You know, it is critical to continue to provide water service to our communities, especially during the pandemic. Consequently, water utilities themselves or state or local governments across the country have instituted moratoria on disconnecting water service for non-payment during the COVID-19 crisis. Now, however, the AWWA has urged the president-elect that if there is to be a mandatory moratorium on disconnecting water service, that such a moratorium be limited to the duration of the current coronavirus public health emergency, plus a reasonable amount of time after the formal declaration ends. Some past legislative proposals would have imposed a moratorium on shutoffs indefinitely for any public health emergency. In addition, they imposed a moratorium if any part of local government accepted relief funds from the federal government, even if none went to the water utility. You know, it'd be harmful for water utilities to be subject to such mandates if they have not received any benefit. Providing financial assistance to people who are struggling to pay their water bill is needed now more than ever. So the AWWA asks, as you work with Congress, Mr. President-elect, on the next COVID-19 relief package, we urge you to make sure it includes the following. Funding to help low-income customers pay their water bills during the current pandemic emergency. Funding to help those local water utilities that have suffered significant revenue losses due to the pandemic so that they can continue to operate and provide safe water services. And a definitive limitation to any mandated moratorium on disconnection of water service for non-payment if such a moratorium is included in the package. The Bureau of Economic Analysis at the United States Department of Commerce estimates that for every dollar spent on water infrastructure, $2.63 is generated in the private economy. And for every job in the water workforce, the BEA estimates 
that 3.68 jobs are added to the national economy. So their second request involved wastewater infrastructure. Number one, in your 2021 budget, Mr. President-elect, we ask that you seek to fully authorize funding for state revolving funds. Number two, work with Congress to strengthen the effectiveness of the state revolving funds program. And in negotiating changes to the tax code, ensure that the tax-exempt status of municipal bonds is protected and that the tax advantages of advanced refunding of these bonds is restored. Regarding America's water-related workforce, the AWWA has requested the following. Work with the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency and the Associations of Boards of Certification to ease the ability of workers to carry their license to work at water utilities in other states. That makes sense. Provide robust funding for community college scholarships and prepare students to, to enter the water workforce. And lastly, direct the Department of Veteran Affairs to develop a liaison with water sector job market. The water sector has prioritized hiring more veterans. Now, they also get into the ag side of it. So, citing the Agricultural Improvement Act of 2018, significant improvements, they say, in conservation programs that can be used to protect sources of drinking water. This act enhanced the ability of agricultural producers and local water providers to collaborate on projects that help protect our source waters. Here are some of their key features that they looked at. So in the act, protection of drinking water sources as an explicit goal of the conservation title of the 2018 Farm Bill. An increase in incentives for agricultural producers to implement practices that benefit source water protection. Authorization of community water systems to work with state technical committees for agricultural programs to identify local priority areas for source water protection. They want a dedication of at least 10% of the funds in the conservation programs going to projects that protect sources of drinking water, which could amount to $4 billion over 10 years. An increase in authorized funding for the Regional Conservation Partnership to $300 million a year, plus some streamlining of program administrative processes. The Regional Conservation Program authorizes partnerships among agricultural producers, USDA, and non-agricultural entities such as water utilities. They followed up by requesting the following. We urge that your 2021 budget proposal, Mr. President-elect, provide fully authorized funding for the conservation title of the Farm Bill. While these important provisions are provided mandatory funding through the Farm Bill, it is important for Congress to maintain that funding. Providing fully authorized funding to programs in the conservation title will not only help address algal blooms, nutrient overload, and pesticide exposure in source waters, 
but also facilitate farmers and ranchers and community water systems working cooperatively on such projects. Now they get into there's some research as well, and, and you know research is so important in the water world. So they're asking the president-elect to work with Congress to see that future research is directed to further our understanding of the health effects, occurrences, and treatment options for existing drinking water contaminants and emerging substances that may pose a risk to our public health. Federal dollars can be greatly leveraged by funding research by extramural entities. In the President's budget request, please increase funding for national priority water research and the Innovative Water Technologies Grant Program to help better, better understand risks and treatment technologies for emerging contaminants, to recover resources, save energy, reduce greenhouse emissions from water treatment and other processes, and to enhance environmental protection across the water sector. Finally, the AWWA states, new regulatory drinking water standards be scientific, risk-based, and data-driven processes that discern what substances are to be regulated and at what levels. This takes a significant amount of time, which can be at odds with perceived risk. But this is where the research efforts mentioned can accelerate and improve the regulatory process. The AWWA cautions against setting a precedent of bypassing these established processes via legislative action. The nation tested that approach with the 1986 amendment to the Safe Drinking Water Act with, quite frankly, untoward results. Those amendments required that EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, set 25 new regulations every three years. They had to set 25 new regulations every three years. EPA's former assistant administrator for water said in a Congressional House subcommittee meeting on health, the current requirements to regulate 25 new contaminants every three years needs to be replaced with a scientifically defensible risk-based approach. The current regulatory treadmill dilutes limited resources on lower priority contaminants and consequently may hinder more rapid progress on high priority contaminants. You know, I concur, science-based regulation and not just throwing 25 new regulations into the system every three years, that's a must. Well, I thank the American Water Works Association for reaching out to the president-elect with this sound advice. In Florida, the 2021 legislative session will begin soon. Committee weeks have already started and our legislators are filing bills. So in particular, I wanted to talk about two that caught my eye. First is an act relating to public works projects that would revise a definition of the term public works projects and prohibit the state or any political subdivision that contracts for a public works project 
from requiring specified acts by certain persons engaged in such project or prohibiting certain persons from receiving information about public works opportunities. As used in this section, the term public works project means any activity of which 50% or more of the cost will be paid for with from state appropriated or locally appropriated funds or any combination thereof. This act may not require that a contractor, subcontractor, or material supplier or carrier engaged in such project pay employees a predetermined amount of wages or prescribe any wage rate. So local governments, state government cannot determine how much the contractor is going to pay their employees, obviously as long as they're paying above minimum wage. Two, they cannot provide employees a specified type, amount, or rate of employee benefits. They can't make the employer do that. They can't control, limit, or expand the staffing of that contractor. They can't impede in their recruiting, train, or training, or hiring of employees from a designated, restricted, or single source. Employer can hire who they see fit. They can't come up, the local governments can't tell the employer what type of training the employee needs to have, what kind of programs they need to work in, and, and force them to use a restricted curriculum from a single source. You know, I believe this is a good bill. It will loosen many of the restrictions on contractors. Often is the case, local governments will have a different rule and restriction on contractors from county to county, city to city. This results in confusion and many contractors to refusing even bid on certain projects. So the other act I wanted to focus on, it relates to reclaimed water and will require certain domestic wastewater utilities to submit to the Department of Environmental Protection by a certain date, a plan for eliminating non-beneficial surface water discharge. This act will require the department, DEP, to approve plans that meet certain requirements. Requiring the department to make the determination regarding a plan within a specified time frame and require utilities to implement approved plans by a specified date. This act is designed to improve water quality and bring more funding to reclaim and alternative water sources. Now, to get down, we talked about the American Water Works Association. Well, there's a Florida section to this organization, and they believe that water supply development plays a critical role in meeting our future water demands. So in Florida, the state statute recognizes the challenge involved in ensuring that sufficient water be available for all existing and future reasonable beneficial uses and that adverse effects of competition for water be avoided. To meet that challenge, the state defines these two distinct roles, water resource planning and development and two, water supply development. 
The state's five water management districts are charged with water resource planning and development. Local governments, regional water supply authorities, and government-owned and privately-owned water utilities are charged with water supply development. Water supply development in Florida is defined as the planning, design, construction, operation, and maintenance of public or private facilities for water collection, production, treatment, transmission, or distribution for sale, resale, or end use. So current approaches to supply development include water conservation, which offers an immediate low-cost approach to meet increasing supply needs. Common goals for conservation programs include increasing water use efficiency, maximizing system capacity, and limiting increased financial impact to customers. Then there's demand management strategies and technologies, which provides a range of opportunities from conservation incentives, such as a rebate program to water restrictions and rate incentive structures to reduce water demand, residential and commercial users. Then there's water reuse and reclamation strategies and technologies, which include projects that treat water otherwise lost through discharge, evaporation, or runoff to near drinking water quality for irrigation programs, to treat and store water during regional rainy seasons for withdrawal and use during dry periods, and of course, aquifer recharge projects. Lastly, there's desalinization strategies. It's expensive, but this technology can offer the opportunity of harvesting and treating water from Florida's coastal areas to increase available potable water supplies. Well, here at LEAD, we believe this group understands it will take a combination of all these technologies and approaches to meet future water demands. And we support the efforts of our communities throughout the state. We also encourage and support our 17 municipalities and Polk County and our Polk Regional Water Supply Cooperative in their effort to increase water supply, reduce waste, and improve water quality. Lastly, while water conservation usually refers to water saved for the benefit of people, in the Kissimmee River Basin, site of the $800 million Kissimmee River Restoration Project, the Kissimmee River and the Chain of Lakes Water Reservation will protect and reserve water needed for the protection of fish and wildlife. Before the Kissimmee River was channelized in the 1960s, it meandered for 103 miles between Lake Kissimmee and Lake Okeechobee and contained diverse fish and wildlife resources and habitats associated with sandbars, vegetation beds, and variable flow conditions. The river overflowed its banks, frequently created a mosaic of wetland, plant communities. Channelization converted that waterway into a 30-foot deep, 300-foot wide canal that altered the hydrology of the system and eliminated its interaction with the habitat-rich floodplain. This altered hydrology had devastating impacts to fish, wildlife, and their habitats. The Kissimmee River and the Chain of Lakes form the headwaters of Lake Okeechobee and the Everglades. 
Together, these Central Florida water resources shelter over 170 species of fish, wetland-dependent wading birds, amphibians, reptiles, and mammals. The basin contains a nationally recognized largemouth bass fishery, nesting colonies of the endangered wood stork and snail kite, and one of the largest concentrations of nesting bald eagles in the United States. The Kissimmee River Restoration Project restores over 40 square miles of river and floodplain ecosystem, including 43 miles of meandering river channel and 27,000 acres of wetland. The proposed water reservation rules for the Kissimmee River and the Chain of Lakes will ensure the sustainability of this world-class restoration project for future generations. The project is a partnership between the South Florida Water Management District and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to restore the river and floodplain ecosystem. You know, as a kid, I remember going to my family's trailer in Shady Oaks on Lake Kissimmee and my father telling me channelizing the river is a bad idea. Well, now some 50 years later, we are correcting what we thought was a good idea. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode. I, along with the Board of Directors lead, would like to wish you a happy and prosperous 2021. And with the support of our members, volunteers, corporate sponsors like Mosaic, Aquarius Systems, and Tom Jennings Accounting, along with our partners, the City of Winter Haven, City of Lakeland, and Polk County. We hope to be back in the community soon, providing water quality education to our visitors and residents. So for more information, please visit our website at lakeseducation.org. And if you'd like to make a suggestion for a future podcast, email me at lakeseducation at hotmail.com. See you next time. this episode of lead once again thank you florida's horizon and the off-brand studios for your generous hospitality if you would like to be a part of lead and sponsor this podcast just send an email to lakeseducation at hotmail.com to learn more about the lakes education action drive visit them at www.lakeseducation.org please join us on the next episode of lead